Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I am rested, relaxed, and ready to take on all of the internet's itchy questions. And I'm Matt Saintsing, and I am itching to hear about your wild and wonderful vacation, my friend. As we mentioned in our previous two episodes, we last recorded right before I was headed out on vacation with my family up to the great state of Maine, which considers me to be a favored, if prodigal, son. We spent our first week, actually, at Old Orchard Beach, which is a small, or OOB for those in the know. Hashtag double OB, my friend. Uh, I don't think anybody up there would say it that way. No, usually usually with you, it's double B-O, but... (laughs) (laughs) Old Orchard Beach is kind of a land apart from modernity in a lot of ways. Okay. They have a whole amusement pier with like carnival games and an arcade and roller coasters and rides. Fun. And we took the... Yeah, it is fun. Everything except for the fun house or La Palace Orient or Grand Palace Orient. I I believe I I sent you a picture. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I remember. I remember it. So it it was was not it was not updated for 2021. I'll definitely say that it was absolutely (laughs) not. It looks like what is it? Zoltair from the big movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Or Zoloft or something. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's on top of the entrance to this fun house. There is a man making what I can only assume to be religious gestures with a long black beard and a turban. He looks like Jafar. Yeah. But like, but like a a more disrespectful version of Jafar, if that's possible. Yeah, like Jafar, (laughs) like you respect Jafar. Like Jafar's got game. Yeah. To the right of the entrance, on the far right, there's a cage where a caveman style brute wearing a turban is trying to break out. Oh, I am very pleased that this was merely a still statue and not an actual human wearing brown face and a turban. That's the only way it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way it could have been worse is if Justin Trudeau were in that cage trying to break <laughs> his way out. As is tradition. <laughs> Um, and actually, there were a lot of Canadians in Old Orchard Beach because it is that's that's it's, it's, that's a tropical destination to go when you're in Canada. That, well, that, that is <laughs> that is there. That is the closest coastline. So there's tons of Canadian tourists. When I grew up in Florida, you could always tell the Canadian tourists because they were the ones on, at the pool or at the beach in January. That the only no Floridians <laughs> are there. All Canadians. Yeah. The water in Maine is like 55 degrees. By the mid afternoon, it seemed to have warmed up to a balmy 58. So we spent that first week in Old Orchard Beach enjoying the sights and the sounds. And I know I, I, I knocked their amusement pier pretty hard there because of the blatant racism. But all in all, it was a great experience. Highly recommend it. It's, it's a cute little beach town okay. with uh, with a with a with a deep seated racist core. OK, well, hey, I mean, first of all, that sounds very New England to me. So I think it, <laughs> it is very traditional. Yeah. No, it's just amazing to me because you, you actually see people who are clearly of it's it's always it's always tricky when you're like, oh, and you see somebody who is this. 
but I, I mean, there were there were people who were wearing Muslim religious garb walking around this, and you just want to stop them and and offer a heartfelt apology. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. this is still happening in America. The the second part of our journey was out in the woods, my grandmother's cabin, where I had a run in with a very itchy caterpillar, as we have already teased. Ooh, okay. Um, Tell me, what did it look like? Can you describe its color? I didn't actually see any of these caterpillars, but I felt its effects. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is the uh, caterpillar that grows to be the brown tail moth. Oh. And you'll start seeing those beautiful brown-tailed moths in uh, July and August when they emerge from their cocoons and destroy people's lives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's an invasive species in Maine. It was first introduced to New England, actually in Massachusetts in, I think it was 1887 or 1897. I'm not going to double-check my facts because... No, we, you, we, we should counting? never do that. No, this is our podcast. I'm not here to fact-check you. I'm here to fact-check the internet. So don't worry about right. it. Yeah, it started off in Massachusetts and then it was isolated to coastal parts of Maine and islands off the coast of Maine until about 1960. Uh, And then over the last, you know, 50 or 60 years, there have been various outbreaks and it's slowly spread its territory. They're they're considering it endemic at this point. Wow. It's, It's a major issue and it's statewide. Interesting. Okay. Particularly in Lincoln County, where I was staying. Oh, so you were inundated with creepy crawlers. Yeah, yeah. So the little hairs on the sides of this uh, of this tiny caterpillar, which can be easily identified by the white stripes on the side and the two orange dots on its back, cause a rash similar to poison ivy. So oh, the little shit. hairs break off. If you touch them, you get poison ivy where you touch them. Part of the issue is that those hairs break off. And they can become airborne, so they can cause asthma-like symptoms. You just breathe them in, yeah. Yeah, or or if you, you're just standing in the wrong place when the bl- wind blows the wrong way, now you have a rash. The state of Maine does suggest some basic pre- precautions. One, avoid places heavily infested by caterpillars. That's <laughs> so Lincoln County. Stay out of Lincoln County. That is the most useless advice ever. How do you avoid caterpillars? Just don't well, go first, to, you avoid yeah. them. Just don't yeah, go just, to the woods. Yeah, right. Don't yeah. go near them. Uh, second, it says take a cool shower and change clothes after activity that might involve contact with hairs. We had a shower, but it's not really a shower you want to use because it's just lake water that's been run through a filter. It's it's gray water because these things can become airborne, like doing any sort of yard work or anything with like leaf blowers or weed whackers or lawn mowers can can raise these things up and, and cause you to have a rash. Well, that sounds horrible. And did you get you got rashes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you still I, got I them. Oh, my God. Jeez, yeah, it's, all right. This looks horrible. This looks like this looks like the moon with just craters on it. It is like <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to make fun of you. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just glad the baby didn't get it. It turns out going camping yeah, during right. a, going ha- camping in Maine during a heat wave and in a poorly ventilated cabin with a uh, with a ten month old is a terrible idea. You throw the itchy caterpillars on top of it, and that's a recipe for leaving three days early to drive back to Pennsylvania and go to Great Wolf Lodge. (laughs) Yeah, you told me this earlier, and I remember, you know, going from a heat wave to an indoor water park is probably the smartest move you could have made, my friend. So good job. Uh, But I don't... 
I deserve zero credit for that. Like all of my best decisions that I make in my day-to-day life, it was the direct result of my wife making an executive decision. It was three o'clock in the morning and she was laying next to me in bed Googling new hotels. <laughs> well, you know what? I uh, I knew I liked her more than you and she just proved it now. So yeah, congr- good job, Aaron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it sounds like you really did have a good experience. You know, casual racism, the great out, the not so great outdoors. Sounds like you had a real main experience, my friend. Maine kicked my ass. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm glad you had a, a run-in with uh, an invasive species in Maine. And I, you know, I grew, I, again, I spent my formative years in Florida. And uh, I'll have you know that Florida is home to more than 500 non-native and animal species that wreak havoc on the delicate ecosystem. Yeah, because most of them are on drugs. Yeah, they're mo- yeah. Well, those are the humans that release them out. And they're like, we should get a python. <laughs> we should get a python, man. And then we should put drugs in it. <laughs> yeah, then we should put drugs in it and then eat it. Yeah, in the Why coast. do you have so many iguanas? Uh, blue iguanas are definitely part of the invasive species. But the, there's three ones that really come to mind, and that is the Burmese python, uh, which can get up to 26 feet long, and can weigh actually more than 200 pounds. Uh, but the average one in Florida they found is between eight to 10 feet. And they invaded the Sunshine State when you know people got them as pets for their children and realized. <laughs> oh, they got this. This python got to John Ham size, and so they're like, yeah. we, "We need to go ahead and release it out into the wild." And so there's in the Everglades in Florida, there are Burmese pythons that I mean, it's crazy. They're huge, and they just destroy the area. There have been cases of them cutting open these these pythons and finding alligator skeletons, uh, finding <laughs> finding yeah, no shit, finding deer skeletons. So that is just one of the great invasive species uh, in Florida. It's actually it's actually I mean, a big problem. It's actually a big problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes the the marmorated stink bug infestation in Pennsylvania seem quaint by comparison. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, if, I didn't mean to top you, but it's Florida. So it, it definitely. And you talk about something. <laughs> no, negative. no, no, no. When it comes to when it comes to invasive species and, and, and just weird shit that can kill you. Yeah, I think Florida is America's Australia. No, it definitely is. It's yeah. The two other ones, uh, feral hogs, right? There's there is a really bad feral hog population that you can kill any time of the year, by the way. Hunters go down there and kill it. This actually dates back to the 16th century when Spanish explorers came in and wanted to have hog hunts and then hogs do when they get out they they create more hogs mm-hmm. what I think is the funnest of the invasive species would be the cane toad have you ever heard of the cane toad uh no I haven't it comes with a top hat and a monocle but it's very I'm refined eager- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to learn. I immediately think back to our episode where we talked about the guy who had the cane made of his own femur and it's just a bunch of three legged oh, yeah. frogs jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is not it's not a hip cane bonus. Three frogs dressed in a trench coat um, <laughs> or, or toads, I guess. Yeah. So the, the, the cane toad um, originally comes from Central and South America. It was it was brought here like in the 1930s and 40s to control the pests that were destroying sugarcane, which is a huge cash crop in Florida, especially uh, in in, in the past, right? So, but the thing is, these toads, and I guess they didn't know it at the time, but they secrete a toxic substance when you bite into them. (laughs) Yeah, so you can imagine there's like dogs and any other kind of small mammals running around and they see these toads and they do what predators do, is they try to take a bite out of them or lick them. And these aren't like the fun toads where you get to lick them and see fun colors, right? They don't like it. They don't make a trip. This kills you. Oh, yeah. So not not as fun. So how many Floridian rednecks have we lost? <laughs> how many how many folks up in the panhandle? <laughs> not not enough. Not enough, man. Have you, you ever been there? <laughs> well, Trump won Florida, so 
twice. Cane toads you want it twice. At it. Yeah, yeah. No, um, <laughs> these things are about twice as large as normal toads too. So if you see a large toad that looks like a regular toad, buyer beware. That's what I would say. And that that is my contribution to the Florida invasive species conversation. The part of America that I'm living in is dealing with a lanternfly outbreak. So lanternflies are native to Asia and uh, they live here now and they are extraordinarily irritating. But after my run in with the brown tail moth up in Maine, I, I say bring on the fucking lanternflies. At least they're pretty. <laughs> yeah. Are these fireflies. Is it what people would call fireflies? No, 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 different? no. Oh, OK. No, no. Uh, Go ahead and uh, just Google lanternfly. They are really gorgeous. So in their in their nymph stage, they're uh, uh, modeled oh, black wow. and white. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but when they're fully grown, they have like this. Then they spread their wings open. They have a beautiful red tuft right on their bottom. And yellow. It's yellow accents. Uh, there's taupe, brown, black, white. It is very colorful and very pretty. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Google lanternfly listener. It is the prettiest invasive species. Uh, They haven't been as bad this year as they were last year. I suspect it's because we had uh, some serious snowfall over the winter. Whereas the previous year, we had virtually none. They were everywhere last year. And you'll you'll see like trees just absolutely covered in them. They They are a menace to agriculture. But... They did not directly fuck with my skin, so. But if we're talking about things that are invading, uh, so this Newsweek headline, gender reveal party goes wrong when two raccoons fall from the sky. First of all, sounds like something sounds like something went right. <laughs> this is you know what? This is part of our longstanding podcast tradition where we talk about strange things falling from the sky. We're so giving our we, audience we, what they want, and that's animals and things falling from the sky. Absolutely. Yeah, so we did, gover- yeah. we did yeah. government issued snow. We did the yep. Kentucky meat shower. We did cocaine bear. Yep. And now so we're doing the raccoons. This, this is the, the fourth the, the fourth in our never ending series of weird shit falling out of the sky. <laughs> Honestly, we should have made that our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the horror of gender reveal parties. Now, you're a new father. Uh, did you have a gender reveal party, Ryan? Fuck no. Thank God. OK, because I'm about to make fun of it. And I, did, I wasn't going to insult you or in your, in your your beautiful wife and, and your and your your adorable. First child. of all. First of all, it's it's 2021 and I'm preparing for 2040 when it's not going to be OK to assign children genders before birth. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when it when it comes down to it, gender is a cultural construct and the so, whole social blue yeah, thing sure. doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I think of, when I think of new babies, I think of yellow because I don't want to commit to any of that. And, <laughs> you know, frankly, knowing that gender is a construct makes me not want to lean into something and invest myself in a in my child's identity. But since we're talking about uh, gender reveal parties here, and if you're unaware what gender reveal parties are, count yourself lucky. Uh, it's a modern twist where parents learn the sex of their child to be. And it has gotten out of control in recent years. You'll remember there have been a few deaths from this a few mm-hmm. massive fires. I feel like last year the entire state of California burned because of one. So they're a big deal, not only to the family, but also to the rest of us <laughs> at times. There, there have been cases uh, with it just within the last year and a half. I know that we've lost at least one expectant father and a grandmother to gender reveal explosions. Yeah, no, so, it often involves pyrotechnics. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, how about this? Stop blowing shit up. A veteran will thank you. Uh, yeah, let's, and we're, we're saying that two <laughs> days before or one day before Fourth of July. But yeah, it's on no. our mind is all I'm saying. Um, and you absolutely. live in D.C. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, dude. It, it, let me just tell you, two years ago for July 4th, I swear to God, rockets were falling. Like, yeah. I, I, I was not kidding when I was like, this actually 
it might sound a little bit like a war zone, and I, I do not say that lightly. But back to gender reveal parties here, it often involves pyrotechnics uh, where, you know, you have blue, you know, denoting that you have a male heir. And if the color pink shoots, <laughs> then, you know, you have a daughter that you can marry off to Portugal so you can maintain your alliance. You slice open, you get that pink cake, and now you owe somebody, you know, 200 goats and, and a satchel of copper coins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. The reveal here in this, the gender reveal in this question comes from a TikTok from May 1st, where there a couple is, is being watched as they await colored confetti. And you can tell this is a very bucolic part of the country because it involves a combine harvester. When the combine is turned on, these two raccoons fall from the header onto the ground. The animals lived, thank God. They legit seemed surprised. They're kind of like, what the hell is going on? As do the party goers. Uh, where did the raccoons come from? We don't know. I mean, it came from the combine. We, they were in there looking for whatever, right? Maybe, maybe they had a family there. Maybe it was, like, it was a combine condo. I really have no idea. <laughs> When neither, if anyone knows, if anyone knows this, please hit you, please hit us up at recordpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear. And this is about a, it. So I, I guess was, was this a recent event then? Yes. No. May 1st was when the TikTok May was 1st. published. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it would have been too cold, like they're seeking shelter in the combine. I think it makes more sense that they were looking for food, right? So they're harvesting. Just some doing food. raccoon shit. They're doing raccoon shit. They're just like, they got their masks on, like acting like <laughs> little playing cops, playing cops and robbers. No, I, um, yeah, I kind of don't know what they were doing, but it sounds like the best thing that's ever happened at a gender reveal party is raccoons falling from the sky. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. I've never attended a gender reveal party. I have seen videos. I am aware of some listeners who have had gender reveal parties for their unborn babies. Uh, they did it before it was explosive and they did not use any pyrotechnics. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I actually have a related Reddit question related okay. only, only so far, only so far as sometimes those gender reveal parties reveal the presence of a penis and this next Reddit user clearly has one. Okay, let's let's uh, let's hear about this. This penis wielding user. How do you not be obsessive about the people that you have a romantic interest in? Ooh, well, it really helps to not be 14 years old. <laughs> It you know, does. It definitely seems like an immature thing. That I don't know how we don't know how old this guy is, but obsessiveness is in the eye of the beholder, and sometimes okay, in the I'm, eye of the okay. beholdy. Yeah, no, I would say maybe one hundred percent of the time in the high, in the eyes of the beholdy, the person who is the person <laughs> who is being obsessed is a, is the one they say this is too much. I think there's a fine line you got to walk between you know you want to be interested, you want to take an interest, you want to be a good partner, but you don't want to just be calling them constantly up until two o'clock in the morning asking them if, you want, if they want to get tacos. You, you don't want to be pushy. You don't want to be entitled. Yes, that's the key. If you feel entitled to other people's time that you're dating, that's when it gets kind of it, it can get kind of messy. It can get kind of messy. Best way to handle a situation like this is just to have a frank conversation. Just say, hey, I am interested in you in this way. Are you interested in me in this way? And more often than not, you'll get a straight up yes or no. Yeah. Just having the courage to have that conversation. Even then, you know, sometimes there's there's you know, you'll, you'll get mixed messages or wishy washy messages. But if you get a wishy washy response or you're getting mixed messages, the answer is no. It, she's not into you or he, depending on, you know, that's yeah, right. Well, People that want to spend time with other people make time for those people in their lives. And if no one is making time for you, take the hint, get on Tinder or do what, you know, whatever, whatever the kids on, are doing. Get on Tinder, right? get on Grinder, get on Bumble, get on all of them at the same time and see if you can introduce people to each other. Uh, so this guy actually, he had a little bit of context in the post. OK, he said, oh, God, it's already sounds creepy. And he's right. Yep. Yep. Um. At least he's that self. At least he's that self-aware. And I think the self-awareness actually extends to the username. 
Uh, this is user I am no Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I just like the humility there. It's just like I'm not solving any mysteries. I'm not solving any crimes. I've got questions, but no answers. And that's why we're here. I was about to say, I was like, we should, yeah, it's us, yeah. Uh, We should should name our podcast, I'm No Sherlock. It's a great (laughs) podcast name. (laughs) Maybe we should have a recurring segment, hey, I'm No Sherlock. I'm No Sherlock, but the context that this person offers is, anyways, I'm a guy in his mid-twenties and have never realized this before. I think I get obsessive about the people I'm romantically interested in. Not in a creepy way. No, I probably think about them more often than I should and possibly overanalyze every interaction. And whenever I have a flirt or something, I'm very impatient. How do I stop this? Honestly, so the question here is actually, how do I stop this? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to, like we said before, recognizing mutuality in attraction is is really important. But the best way to stop is just stop. You know, just go golfing. Uh, I don't know what he's into. You know, do something else with your time. It's an uncomfortable thought now, just kind of thinking about this hey, guy. Like, what is he doing? Is he sending text messages? Is he just blowing up this it person's say. phone? Just, just says that they're thinking about them more often than they should. And that's okay, because I overanalyze okay. tons of situations. Like, I get this person. Yeah, yeah. I'm married and you're in a long-term relationship, which which has its own definition and, and is completely redefining monogamy. Sorry to, to break that news to anyone out there who likes listens to us every week, but we are both off the market. Especially if you not don't just like listening to us but if you like like listening to us <laughs> circle circle yes on our podcast and rate us five stars <laughs> yeah right please yeah yeah you can express you you can express your unrequited love through fawning uh fawning reviews on various platforms and by leaving us five star ratings and telling your friends you should never be obsessed with anyone but if you're obsessed with us through this podcast you should maintain that we would ask yeah that's called a parasocial relationship and we are encouraging you now to have that until such a point that we start finding dead animals on our porch, in which case, uh, slow it down. <laughs> now, if those now if those animals happen to fall out of the sky and land on our porch, that's nobody's business. <laughs> Sounds like something went right again. You know, like little airborne paratrooper raccoons. Yeah, if I'm standing on my porch showing the world my penis at my gender reveal party, and two raccoons, <laughs> oh yeah, and two raccoons fall out of the sky. I had a gender reveal party in my early twenties. It did not go over well. <laughs> I went to jail. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh god. That, that, speaking of obsessive, <laughs> that got creepy real quick. I think it's a great question. I like that he asked it because it shows that he's self-aware enough to kind of realize that something isn't kosher and people who are obsessed oftentimes do, it's a blind spot for them, right? I am no Sherlock is easily one of my favorite Reddit users. Oh, wow. Okay, if you're out there... I like the introspection. Yeah. I like the name. The name itself just says, I don't have the answers. I only have questions and I appreciate that. Yeah. I think you had a Reddit question today also. I did have a Reddit question and um, it's... uh. It's something that I'm kind of obsessed with a little bit. I'm I'm obsessed with this question. This one comes from user. Now that's a lot of damage. Oh, now that's a lot of damage asks. Why is there such a stigma surrounding using a fleshlight? Everyone's just cool with girls having multiple dildos, but it's completely different for guys. Ryan, first reaction to fleshlight. Uh, My first reaction to this one is thank you for answering. I am no Sherlock's question. Other Reddit user. (laughs) How do do you stop being so obsessed with somebody? Well, you cut them out of the equation. Fleshlight. If the question is, I am too obsessed with my fleshlight. I think that's just something you want to keep to yourself. I don't think so. I I think you're just perpetuating the stigma associated with fleshlight use. Why is there a stigma surrounding using a fleshlight? Uh, Is there one? I would say, is there one? The question I think is, is, is there a double standard? Ooh, this is this is a good question. In my in my mind's eye, when I think of a woman talking about her sex toys, 
presumably to her friends. I just think that is a normal conversation I've seen on Sex in the City, right? Or something like that. When I think of a guy explaining to his guy friends using a flashlight, I just do not want to be a part of that conversation ever. Which, which is wild because weird. we've totally had discussions about that sort of uh, teenage, young adult experience of being in a room with a bunch of guys watching pornography. Oh, yeah. yeah. But nobody from touches earlier, themselves. From stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody touches themselves while doing this. Nope. It's not a sexual act. It's tra- it's sort of a shared transgressive experience. But at no point do, do, does anybody turn to the other uh, the other people in the room and say, you want to jerk off? It doesn't it happen. Is, or or, hey, can you leave the room for a second so I can take care of business? Right. That is not you don't even broach that subject, because when you're at that age, you don't want other people to know you jerk off. You're I feel afraid like. to get it's up like and a, take a shit. It's a shameful thing. Like you it's can't, a shameful you can't thing. like if you're in a room with a bunch of other dudes watching a porno and you're yeah. like, you start pushing cotton. You're like, you pull it back <laughs> in because you don't want to disappear to the bathroom for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I got some indigestion. I really need to hey figure guys, this I gotta, out. I gotta, no, I got to yeah. go take a shit. Yeah, sure you do. That's when having diarrhea is not the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. Right? I, I would say let's look back in history, though. I think there has been a long and unfortunate history of sexual repression, specifically among women, historically speaking, in the, uh-huh. definitely in the 20th century. There has been generations of women. that are kind of reclaiming their sexuality and kind of. You know, that that hasn't happened with men yet. There are not generations of men saying, I got my, my fleshlight and I'm proud and it's OK. Right. So maybe that plays into it. I don't know. Absolutely. I, I think when we look at sexual repression of women, while while it's certainly been more focused and overt than the sexual oppression of men, the, the sexual oppression has definitely affected both sexes. Yeah, men men and women were both held to standards, but yeah, women have definitely been held to a harsher standard. So while it might have been unfashionable for men to seek out uh, sex workers uh, to satiate their desires, even now we, we have a tendency to criminalize both the sex worker and the person seeking out sex work. As far as sex toys go, yeah, I immediately start thinking about those Victorian doctors who basically brought women to orgasm to treat hysteria. <laughs> like, that's a fucking racket. <laughs> oh, my God. What a horrible. That's just like, that's terrible. I want to read a book on that, though. It's interesting. But, yeah, <laughs> oh, but it sounds terrible. I, I don't know that I have time to read the book, but I'd watch the movie. <laughs> I watched 20 minutes of the movie, if you know what I mean. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't finish it. Um, no. I, so why is there such a stigma? I think we answered that. If, if anyone's out there has, has used a flashlight, I want to know about your experience. I will definitely keep you anonymous. I think I've, I've demonstrated the fact that I can do that. So I want to collect more data on this. So please reach out to me. As far as the stigma goes, it's definitely time for men to open up. And the thing is, like, I, I tend to be kind of I, I don't want to say repressed. I, I tend to be very private about my. Uh, about any sexual proclivities or desires sure. like and yeah. I, I think the best thing you can do is communicate inside of your relationship what you're looking for uh, if you're in a relationship if you're not in a relationship just be honest with yourself what you want and and while I don't think that popular culture has necessarily caught up to men sexually awakening to embrace sex toys I think that the sex therapy community recognizes that masturbation and sex toys are a healthy way to express yourself 
Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, you know, there there are certainly circumstances in which the representations are problematic. Yeah. Go ahead and indulge your healthy sexual appetites. Do your thing. But since we're talking about stigma here, I definitely have uh, another topic. This was a uh, audience generated topic. Oh. That kind of does have some stigma. At least I, I think it has stigma. So this is also from our good friend Nathan, who reached out to us and says, what is it? Is it? GIF or JIF when you're talking about these little moving animations. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give us a countdown because we haven't discussed this yet. So we're just going to we're just going to three, two, one, and we're going to say what sounds right. Okay. Three, two, one. GIF. GIF. Yep. I'm glad you are on the same. I'm glad you are correct. I was worried. I'm glad you're correct. Yeah, no, I'm glad we're both. You know, let's just con- congratulate ourselves again for having for being so freaking smart. Yeah, no, um, nothing so I love more than thing. being nothing I love more than being right on the internet. You and everyone else, buddy. <laughs> we have the added benefit of actually being right. So let's talk about this and let's talk about the timeline of the GIF with a hard G. So it stands for Graphics Interchange Format. Yeah, it's so hard. That G is so hard. Hard G. Hard G. Just I don't want a soft, flaccid G. The graphics interchange format was developed by a computer scientist working at a company called CompuServe in 1987. It's an acronym uh, for a minute or less of, a, of looping animations. It kind of looks like you're watching video. You well, know. now they have GIFs with audio. Oh, okay. N- technology. Yeah. I think we just call those videos now. We just call those videos nowadays, right? <laughs> GIF is a peanut butter. Uh-huh. Choosy moms choose it. Yep, they, exactly. There was an ad campaign, Choosy Mothers Choose GIF. Steve Wilhite, who is a computer scientist back in the 80s, he said, Choosy developers choose GIF. So I think he's trolling the world here because he's he's linking GIF to the peanut butter product, GIF. So there is a there is a little bit of a wrench, though. Uh, apparently the person who developed the compression for the GIF format has stated it's GIF. I definitely want to talk about that, but I don't care what he says it is because the way language works is we all decide how it works, right? And I think most of the people call it GIF. And if you call it GIF, you're just in the minority and you're wrong as this guy is. Just because he's the father of it doesn't mean he can... This is what you would call a a reader response theory, the derived meaning comes from the person who encounters the text, not the person who generates it. 100%. And I think by 1994, this debate was raging in the United States. You know, the author of encyclopedia image formats, he said that it was GIF. By 2012, Oxford Dictionaries, however, said that either can be used. So Oxford Dictionary USA, I should say. Are these the same people that said the Oxford comma is optional? Because those people are fucking idiots. Man, I'm glad you said that. Um, We may keep this in, we may keep this out, but... I'm a, I'm a writer at work and we do not use the Oxford comma and it uh, bothers. It bothers. I hate it. I hate it. I really do hate it. How many times have you helped your uncle jack off a horse? <laughs> I, I, yeah, just wanted, exactly. I just want to know when you're at work, how many times do you watch your uncle jack off a horse? Um, only on the lucky days, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> the second time I said that, I said, watch your uncle jack off a horse, which is <laughs> not affected by the Oxford comma. I, think, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I think I think I'm more I think I'm more uh, likely to watch my uncle fuck a flashlight on a horse, right? Maybe right. Yeah. Then I <laughs> where am, do you but put the that's comma? Funny. I don't know. Where do you You're put like, the flashlight? Where do you yeah, put right. your thumb? <laughs> uh, oh God. Where do you where do you put the camera out in the in, in the, bo- <laughs> the boom operators? All want I want to know. But in 2013, the White House's new Tumblr page uh, they started using the hard G of GIF. So thanks to Obama for that, for real. Thank you, Obama. The choosy GIF guy, the developer, also in 2013, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Webby Awards, and he declared, it's pronounced GIF, not GIF. 
He later told the New York Times that it's a soft G. GIF. End of the story. So this guy's an authoritarian asshole. So it's giraffic interchange format. Got it. Like giraffic park. Yeah, no, exactly. The G stands for graphics. How the hell is it GIF? The, the issue is it's cultural because the guy is... Where, where is he from? He's from like Sweden or Norway or something, isn't he? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where he's from. So like that's, that's like that's like some maybe it's some freaky deaky Nordic shit that they came up with when, during their six months in the dark. I don't know. Yo, well, they use their, they use they have soft J's up there. So they take cruises to Alaska. They're like, they're going to, you know, no, I don't know where you're going. You have to tell me you're going to Reykjavik. Yeah, you mean Reykjavik. <laughs> but I think to, to kind of close this out, a hilarious thing happened in February 2020, where an online gift site, Giphy, not Jiffy, they had some fun with Jif peanut butter and they unveiled a limited edition jar of peanut butter in Jif's trademark packaging labeled GIF, G-I-F. Nice. I would love to get my hands on one of these and the Garfield phone. I think it'd be, it'd be a great things to have. The The CEO and founder of Giphy You mean said, a Jarfield phone? A Jarfield <laughs> Yeah, how did I not make that joke? It was the layup was right there. I'm glad you glad you seized the opportunity. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to I'm here to catch the drippings and and lap them up. The CEO and founder of Giphy, uh, he said, quote, at Giphy, we know there's only one GIF and it's peanut butter. If you're a soft G, please visit GIF.com, the peanut butter GIF. If you're a hard G, if you're a hard G, we know you're right. End of story. I don't know. The Internet, it will litigate this until the end of time. But it's we always, know it is GIF. It is a hard G. It's always been a hard G. And that's why I'm yep. an OG. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Speaking of OGs, I want to take a moment to thank Rick Reynolds for the use of his song United from the album Portals and Progress. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I talked to him for the first time the other day on the Internet. He's a really nice guy. And he's I'm super happy. nice. Be sure to check him out. He's on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else that you can find MP3s. Seek him out on Facebook and Instagram and all those great locations that you can also find us. Don't get too obsessed with him, though. We've already established that would be that would be a form of wrecking yourself. We are Wreck Your Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. So make sure you're following us on all of those. And if you don't know what TikTok is, just ask your grandkids. and They should be able to help you out. I'm having trouble logging in, so you'll only see Matt. Are you really? I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. No, he keeps asking yeah. me to like every time Matt sends me like, check out the new TikTok I posted. I click on it. And my phone's like, do you want me to open the app? I'm like, no, because I don't know our login information. You're like, no, I just I just want to see Matt's hilarious I'm TikToks. old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel I've never I have never felt so old as I do when I'm on TikTok. So yeah, you're you right. you probably yeah. you are an elder statesman of TikTok. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But we appreciate that. We also have a Wreck Your Pod Gmail account at wreckyourpod at gmail.com. Send us your feedback, questions, gripes, memes. Send praise, it, send mostly it praise. Just send us praise and money. Yeah, no, we, yeah, oh, well, we will absolutely take your money. If you have, I don't know, like a tea-stained map with like a dotted line and an X that is geographically identifiable as a location where we can seek out treasure, do send that. If it is burnt at the corners, just make sure you laminate it so we can see it. That's super authentic. <laughs> why, do these, why do these pirates keep burning their maps? Because they're, I, I, I couldn't, maybe they're, that's they're, something they're, we should, that is a claim we should look into right there. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but if you find yourself looking at something on the internet, you're mouse clicker hovering over the share button and you're wondering whether this is information that you should continue to spread and you do not have time to wait until our next episode be sure to check yourself don't wreck yourself we are united but we're so far apart